Good morning. I'm Tamara McDaniel, and this is Plant Experts live at Prairie Garden. So come on out and join us at the store if you want to. We're at 3000 West Springfield in Champaign at the corner of Springfield and Duncan. Or you can phone in with your questions or comments at 356-9397. That's 356-WDWS. Or even text us your questions or comments at 351-5357. Our experts are standing by, and today they include Marianne Metz. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning, Marianne, and good morning, John Weisgarber. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning. Steve, I'm assuming, is uh, on a buying spree, perhaps? That's true. Okay, excellent. So I can't wait to see what he comes back with. Y you notice they don't send me. <laughs> well, <laughs> I love spending other people's money. <laughs> Yeah, that would be a fun trip to take, wouldn't uh, it? But yeah, it's a lot of work, it'd actually. It'd be gone in no time. Yeah, if I were. yeah seriously, I know. It's like, <laughs> oh, well. I was supposed to be here for three days. I, <laughs> I've only been here an hour. <laughs> All right, so the gentleman that stopped by a moment ago, he was talking about fungus on his tree? Al it, algae. Um, oh. Just the mosses, you know, stuff that, that starts growing on the north side of things. Oh. And, you know, I've seen an awful lot of it. Um, in the community in the last couple of years on the north side of houses and uh, just been a lot of it huh and but you doesn't hurt the tree well it's it's you know i don't know how bad it's going to get or or if it is bad but mm. it, it doesn't usually hurt the tree and i just you know i i just take a glove and wipe it off yeah i think that's that's fine and uh to me, I think it adds to the character of the tree Absolutely. a little bit just yeah. as it ages. Sure. Absolutely. Sure. You know, sometimes you have to have uh, natural things living in cohabitation together. Cohabitation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Sounds like a macro-environmental kind of thing. <laughs> macro-environment. <laughs> well, yeah, I, 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 I don't think it's so bad, like, on the, on the tree trunks. Like you said, I think you can... You know, gently wipe it off. Yeah. But, but and of course, you don't want it on the side of your house. But right. No, that's another story. Sometimes yeah. you get it in your on your um, patio or your, you know, stone area or, or brick or whatever. So yes. so yeah, that that you want to make sure you take it off. The decking. The, uh -huh. uh, this gentleman that stopped and asked, he said it was on the uh, roo the uh, roof shingles. Yeah. So oh. those are the kind of places you want to get rid of it. But it comes off pretty easy. And there are chemicals that you can spray to inhibit the growth okay on those kinds of surfaces and is that something that you would purchase here at prairie gardens but not for your house and the roof and stuff but what i think kind a of a store? hardware stores okay mm -hmm. uh, that kind yeah. of place gotcha. yeah but always never uh, you can actually power wash if you don't want to use chemicals oh, absolutely um, other than never power wash your roof shingles <laughs> you you did that once, didn't you? Well, uh, or did, no, somebody? I was told by uh, by uh, a roofing company not to do that because it takes off the protective. Uh, right. Um, there's a grit or grain protective layer or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. It washes it off. It yeah. does its job. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good to know. Three five six nine three nine seven. Have you been watering your lawns? Only every day. Oh, really? Well, the, wow. the established lawn, no. Uh, maybe. Oh, okay. I, I, we probably do that once a week. But um, last week I told you this was the a, a new series in my life. Do as I say, not as I do. We started. That's new? We <laughs> started a new lawn uh, from seed at oh. my house last week. 
Oh, in the heat of the heat. In July. Are yeah. you crazy? Yeah, see? <laughs> and I said, stay tuned. Well, I have germination. Yay. Now, that part of the of the yard is getting watered twice a day. Uh, n- not an inch each time, but s- newly seeded lawns need to be watered a lot. Yeah. Okay. And especially the more sun you have. <laughs> yes. The, the more, more water you're going to have to well, need. Yeah. We have germination. That's awesome. So and little green things coming up all over the place. Could be weeds, but. Well, <laughs> if it's getting past your eyes, though, that's pretty good. <laughs> I'm impressed. What did you, did you put anything over it? Like, um, no. I heard you, if you use like straw or anything, don't use hay because that tends to seed. And then you'll end up with little bits of So straw will, too. I mean, there's always oh. going to be some kind of seeds going on in there. Yeah. Okay. Um, I No, I don't. Then I'd have to clean the straw up, and, you know, blow, it's blowing all over my yard. and No. Okay. Uh-uh. Yeah, you really don't have to. I, I think I would if it were an erosion issue, if there was some an elevation change, mm-hmm. a grade of some kind, but not my backyard. Well, <laughs> okay. and, and I think, you know, but... Everybody wants to. I want to. I want to make it as easy on myself as possible. If I forget to water, and and that's the main thing. Why yeah. you put it on is to keep help some hold moisture the moisture. Down, right. In. Oh, I thought it was to keep the birds from feeding. Well, not too. Grassy, but but it won't actually keep yeah. them from doing that because they're going to find it They'll anyway. Find it. Yeah. Okay. They're going <laughs> to pick around in that straw. Anyway. Sure, they're 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 smart. Yeah. You know, good for them. Yeah, yeah seriously. <laughs> yeah. If I had to forage for food, I would too. Seriously. <laughs> Oh, look, under there. I can see. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. And I'm kind of thinking about, actually, I have this one spot where I do have some sun, and and I do have a little bit of long grass, but mostly wow. mud and some weeds. I am thinking about actually tilling and getting it started with some grass. So now you have to get a new pair of scissors so you can go out and cut your lawn. <laughs> yeah. This reminds me. What? My granddaughter, Stinkerbell. Her dad planted a bunch of grass seed in her fairy garden this year. And she was sharing with me yesterday about, uh, it took her like, I don't know, like like a whole hour to cut it Mm. yesterday. (laughs) Well, maybe not a whole hour. Okay, maybe it was uh, like a half an hour, or maybe it was, you get the idea. Maybe it was was three minutes. I can't (laughs) wait to go see it, though. that's cute. Yes, that's cute. she's no, that's got real cute. grass going and growing in her fairy that's garden. Neat. That's awesome. And I uh, just happened to notice for only $1.99, you have, what, eight tiny pumpkins that are perfect for a fairy for garden. For fairy gardens, yeah. Our fairy garden stuff is on serious sale, yeah. Excellent. Well, and I it's think this cute. might be with the autumn stuff. Oh, autumn stuff. Yeah, it's kind of creeping in. Have you noticed? Oh. Just a little bit. <laughs> that's all right. Well, you got to fill space and and get people excited about the next holiday the next season. and the next yeah. season. Yeah. 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 That's Halloween. Ooh. And I can look around and see what all you have and plan what exactly I need to uh, to decorate it the way I want it to. Okay, so I just finished planting my last combo planter yesterday. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you sure it's your last? I can't think about Halloween. <laughs> no, I understand. I just finished our garden, rearranging our garden at the station. <laughs> But it's, it much, it's cleaner, yes, We're gonna and have mulched. To, and mulched. We're well, going to have to go evaluate. I think we need to. <laughs> oh, okay. Critique. <laughs> but, boy, there are so many mulches to choose from. 
Oh my gosh. And I learned like cedar is better at times and cypress at times. And then there are the other times like for playgrounds where you can go with the rubber mulch and that makes sense. But how do Yuck. you know which mulch to use for which project? You you choose the one you like the looks of? I think it's aesthetics, yeah. I do too. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The only time it would be a question of which kind would be if it's a playground and you want something that isn't going to deteriorate so much and it's going to be mm -hmm. a little softer. Well, kind of. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, other than that, I it's all to me it's all about aesthetics. I do like hardwood mulch just because it stays in place better. Yep, I agree with that. And uh, I like the color and consistency of yeah. it because uh, it's always uniform, uh, kind of a nice dark brown. And gives you the appearance of uh, natural material as far as uh, integrating it with the plants. It's, it almost looks like dirt to me, <laughs> <laughs> which I love. Chunky dirt. Right. Which I love. Yeah, chunky dirt. Healthy, rich yeah. dirt. Um, some yeah. of the others are a little more shreddy and maybe tend to, if you have a windy area, maybe blow away a little bit more. Okay. Or lighter weight, and if yep. there's a lot of water, they'll yep. float or flow. Yep. Oh. So those are things to consider. Yeah. But, yeah. but beyond that, I think it's all about aesthetics. Yep, I agree. Okay, so it isn't like a, a cypress might be better to feed a certain type of, I don't know, pine trees or something? or. I, I think if you have an, an acidic feeder. situation where you need the acidic uh, um, soil, amending with products are are certainly called for but you can also mulch with um, pine nuggets and if you can find them you can uh, use uh, pine needles pine needle mulch oh. which we don't carry but we used to but not anymore. it's that's used a lot Absolutely. Uh, because so. there's a lot more pine trees and and it's just that's what they use right but that that'll change the the pH of the soil, just a, a tiny bit, not mm -hmm. not hugely, but it'll change it some. Well, and they have a lot of that icky red clay. Icky red clay. Yeah. Icky. And we have icky black clay. Icky black. <laughs> <laughs> and yellow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's the yellow clay I've encountered. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So. What else was I going to say about the mulch? Oh, and then there's also dyed mulch, uh, red, black, brown, black. So some people like a contemporary situations, the black mulch is really beautiful. It really mm. is. Um, the only drawback to the dyed mulch is sometimes it will sun fade. So if you want to, if you're going to not want to refresh every area, you'll have a little mm -hmm. bit of color difference. That's interesting because I had just the opposite experience with it. I tried it one time and it's so consistent. It's, it's not real looking. Really? Do you know what I mean? I yeah, yes. I, would, I would agree with that. Yeah, it, especially it just, the especially yeah. the red one. Oh, red mulch. And after a while, you kind of want to fluff it up, work. right? Yeah, it kinda and it gets beaten down. It doesn't change color, but but the stuff that isn't dyed, the the natural stuff that that I think is nice. I like the change of color mm -hmm. over time, sure. and you can fluff it up, and it raises up it, it expands it you can get the better color up i i just and it's it a look you know looking. everybody likes something different thank heavens right. that's why it gets made right. well and i imagine it yeah it, it might do a little better job still of keeping the weeds away maybe i don't know you think maybe not okay I, now i'm starting to question that <laughs> by seeing your face it's really good at, it's really good at helping hold moisture in there you go okay. <laughs> 
we got a text in, and uh, someone is suggesting that for easy, cheap mold removal on stepping stones, uh-huh. uh, to get some glass cleaner and then oh. sweep it with a broom and then rinse it off with some glass cleaner and. How interesting. Hmm. Must be the ammonia, huh? I'll bet. Yeah. I'll oh. bet. Didn't think about that. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, cool. What a great idea. That is a great idea. And yeah. I love it when it's something that I probably already have in the already household. Already have in the house, and you're not going to have, have leftover something that you're not going to use again. Yes. That's a very good point. Nice. That's a great idea. Thank you very something. much for that tip. It's great. Yes, that is a great tip. Thank you so much, uh, the person who texted in. By the way, our text number is 351-5357, or you can uh, give us a call at 356 93 Nine seven, and in fact, we have Matt in Champaign calling in right now. Good morning, Matt. How are you? I'm doing fine. I just uh, have a question for you on my lawn. I was out looking at mm-hmm. my lawn this morning, an area that I seeded uh, back in probably April, and uh, looks like some of the grass blades may have orange spots on the individual blades. Is, is that a fungus or something, or what, what do you think is going on? They're nodding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You can't yes. hear us not. <laughs> yeah, we're looking at each other, <laughs> shaking our heads up and down. Yeah, it is a it is a fungus. Uh, the there is one actually called rust. Yes, rust. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely. So just because of the appearance of it. Um, so yeah, and it's due to the, the heavy moisture content. Do you water your lawn at all? I've watered this spot. I mean, you know, once in the last couple of months. So really, not not too much. Okay. I okay. do plan it, on water, it though. It looks like I'm going to need it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. sure. Pardon? For sure. Uh, yeah. We it, agree. We, we certainly do. Yeah. The humidity has just been so high. It's just been one of those seasons where um, conducive to that kind of uh, um, activity. So, and it's it's probably just rust, like you said. Yep. I can remember in years past people calling in and saying, I just walked through my lawn and my tennis shoes are orange. So, uh, so yeah, it's it's one of those things that you just have to deal with. And how do you deal with it? So, so we do have uh, some products that you can apply, uh, which is uh, for disease, lawn diseases, uh, granular form. Uh, we also have uh, liquid form that you can mix with water. So uh, you can do it. There's uh, on the granular. There's a preventative rate, which is which is uh, uh, you know a maintenance. And otherwise, there's a curative rate, which it's a little bit different rate of application that you know to try to uh, eradicate it. So, okay, so what should, I guess avoid what should? Yeah. Go yeah. ahead, Matt. I was gonna probably want to avoid watering in the evenings. Is, is that probably true? Yeah, that's Absolutely. that's a good idea. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, that is a good idea. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, water in the mornings. You're out. You're out looking. Just water while you're still <laughs> looking at it. Well, exactly. Yeah. That's, <laughs> This t- today was a beautiful morning to be out and about. Oh my gosh, it was just lovely. It so was great. Yeah. And yeah, that gives the d- the whole day for it to dry out. That yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. Right. And Thank so, you. what specifically should he look for? Sure. Thanks, Matt, for calling in. Uh, so, uh, if you're looking to eliminate or eradicate rust, what particularly should we look for and where? Oh, well, we have a we have a Scotts product. It's called Disease X, which is a granular form. And then we have a couple of uh, liquid applications. Okay. 
Disease X. That's nice and easy to remember. Easy. I like that. It's in the orange bag. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number. This is Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens. Let's go to the phones again where Barbara in Paris has been waiting patiently. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning. I have a, um, a maple tree that's probably in the range of 40 years old at least. And it's a beautiful tree, but it's getting um, bare spots. And there's one area that just the leaves just look like they're going to dry up and fall off. Um, is there anything that you can think of that would be causing that? And is there anything we can do about it? Hmm. So have you have you noticed uh, this just recently, or, or has it been happening for for a while? Well, we've just had this house for three years, but... I don't believe it was there when we when we bought the house, and it's been coming on at least like last year, and but it's much worse this year. Now the north side still looks really good. It doesn't have this, but the south side is beginning to really look pretty pitiful. Hmm. So we can only speculate. Over the over the phone, just by just by you know your descriptions, uh, really the the best way to to find out what the issue is going to be is to is to you know get us some pictures, um, okay. also uh, some samples of the leaves, uh, and if you really want a great diagnosis, you can certainly call uh, an arborist to come and look at the tree. Uh, we also okay. have our University of Illinois Plant Clinic here that can help you with great diagnosis. But if okay. you first of all want to want to stop in here, maybe we can take a little bit of more of a look at it, and uh, maybe okay. refer you to the other places. Okay. Okay, that'd be great. Thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome, Barbara. We hope that helps. Thanks for calling in. 356-9397, Plant Experts, live at Prairie Gardens. Nancy in Pasodum is uh, calling in. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning. I, I was wanting to ask about, and I heard Marianne say um, an inch and a half in her um, lettering of her lawn. How in the world do you determine the inches when you use a sprinkler and what have you? Good question. Nancy, I think the easiest way is just to put out a rain gauge and just watch it. See how long it takes to fill it to the, the uh, place that you want. Mm. Do you have How simple. It's as easy as that. That's what I read. My lawn people say an inch and a half or something, and I'm like, oh, yeah, right. How do I do that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. How ingenious. Who knew? Yeah. If you don't have a rain gauge, oh. you can always uh, measure up on like a little deli container or something, you know, just mark up the inch or, or two inches on, the, on that and oh. set that out too. Yeah, I have a okay. bird bath close to where I water, and I just watch the bird bath. I know what what an inch an inch looks like. Know. So yeah, 
So yeah, it's it's not yeah. too difficult. Just simple. But a rain gauge Excellent. is so easy; it be easier for you. <laughs> but with a sprinkler, you wouldn't yeah, necessarily no. think to do something. To use like a rain that. gauge, I know. Yeah. There's not the same no, thing. No, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, get it. See how it's, it's perfect. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're very welcome, Nancy. <laughs> I think that question helped out a lot of other people too, myself included. Uh, to the phone lines, calling in from Urbana, Jean is waiting. Jean, good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Uh, we have a tomato plant in a big pot. It is growing like gangbusters, but the tomatoes on it are black at the bottom hmm. of the tomato. Blossom and rot. And yep. I was wondering what was going on. Hmm. So, it's, it's called blossom and rot. It is. So, uh, and it's in. It's actually caused by by watering issues. It's so caused by watering. Yeah. Not not watering. Watering inconsistencies. In, exactly. Oh, for going not watering for a while and then starting to water again. So, yeah. so yeah, gotcha. so, so either, especially in the containers, you want to make sure that, that you're watering it really thoroughly all the way down. Um, some people tend to, when they have a container, oh, I'm going to go water my, my pots today and I'm, I'm going to water every day. Uh, and, you know, maybe water too lightly. So, so you want to water it thoroughly and just keep it, keep it continually moist, but, but never too much or not enough. And that's, that's mostly what the inconsistency part is. Okay. I think that's one of the most challenging right. things about growing yeah. tomatoes. Yeah, it is. Containers, it, it is. certainly is, especially. Yeah. Yeah. So good luck yeah. with that. Yeah. Well, yeah. we didn't but have any luck with putting one in the ground, so we were trying the pots this year. I, I, it's interesting. I do um, containers for my tomatoes almost always now. It seemed, I, I use the word past tense, seemed, like the squirrels left them alone uh, until this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went out yesterday to get, I had a whole bunch of little tomatoes, and they were doing really good. I don't, I, I think I was probably watering okay because everything was going just fine with them. I'd harvested three or four tomatoes off them. They were small, not cherries, but small tomatoes, they, and they tasted great. And I went out yesterday, and every one of the green tomatoes or ones that were turning were gone. Every tomato on the shrub was gone. I thought you were going to say they had a little nibble taken no, out of them. No, they were gone, totally. <laughs> they didn't even pull them off and leave them laying. They took them away. It's the squirrels. Wow. Well, you know, it's it's pretty dry, so yeah, the squirrels is. were after oh. the moisture. So, sure. uh, but I have pretty good luck with them ah. in containers. So I I think that you know when you when you get that that rhythm of of watering right, um, it's it's a nice way to uh, grow them. Yep. Okay. Does that help out at all? Well, I thank you. Let very us much. know, and we won't water. Good luck. Okay. Yes. Oh, there, and, okay. and let us know how it's going. All right. Thanks, Jean. Okay. You'll have your first good. red one Thank soon. You. Yep. All Absolutely. Right. Bye-bye. If she doesn't have squirrels. Yeah, right. oh, I was so disappointed. And I couldn't believe it. Squirrels? Oh, I just, I had, just I probably had a rascals. dozen. You know, they're, it's the, the ones that are about an inch and a half in diameter. Not big, but they're just enough to add, you know, cut in half and add to the salad. Yeah. They're just great. Oh, my yes. gosh. I couldn't believe it. Every one of them. Ah. But they're after the moisture, I'm sure. Yeah. And here, after you've been taking care of them. I know. So Come well. On, boys. 
I know. Go figure. I'll tell you what, nice. uh, in a text, somebody is growing uh, their uh, first year of rhubarb, and they're wondering when they should cut the plants off because they've heard that they shouldn't cut them down in the fall. Should they wait through the winter and then cut them down in the spring? Well, rhubarb you can let grow continually. Uh, I, I'm wondering if they're wondering when they should stop harvesting it. Is that maybe their question? Uh, yeah, I've never heard that you shouldn't cut it in the fall, uh, except that a after um, frost, mm -hmm. you don't want to cut it because it um, stimulates uh, an acid flow into the into the stems that you probably don't want. Really? Um, and then after it bolts, after it starts flowering, mm -hmm. it, it gets um, a, a different taste to it that yeah. that's probably not good. So there are times that you do quit harvesting. Spring and early summer before it gets hotter is really the time to harvest. Yeah, usually up through June. And the, yeah. then it's, once it gets hot, you don't want to. And then a lot of times, it'll like you said, it'll bolt to put that big seed head on. and You don't want to harvest it after that. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. They're actually pretty plants. Yeah, yeah in they the garden, are. So they're uh, they're so almost yeah. tropical looking. Yeah. They're just really cool. Nice. Mike in Champagne has been waiting patiently. Thank you, Mike. What could we do for you this morning? How are you guys this morning? Good, oh, Mike. How are you? Well, thanks. Yeah, uh, this is Mike Bale. As you guys know, I'm faculty advisor for the uh, College of Veterinary Medicine student-run poisonous plant garden. I want to remind your listeners, we're having a public open house today from 9 to 3 to, um, you know, allow people to come over and get a different slant on plants and what they might normally do. And so we're, for those that don't know, we're uh, just off of St. Mary's Road, east of the Lincoln and Florida intersection. I, there'll be signs and you can, I think, find it if you get in that area without any problem. Okay, we appreciate that, Thanks, Mike. Good, good luck. Have a good day. It was. Excuse me. If you there, if you want, I can yep. add some insights to your rhubarb. Your rhubarb question. As people know, please do. Rhubarb and then the leaves has the soluble oxalates, which if ingested, they can be absorbed and cause kidney problems. Those hmm. oxalates are located entirely in the leaves until later in the season. In late summer, early fall, those oxalates start to move down into the stalk. And you definitely don't want to harvest those stalks, I would say, past midsummer to early fall, or you're putting yourself at risk of consuming those oxalates, which can be problematic. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Have a good day. Okay. Three, five, six. You too. Take care. All right. Thanks, you too. Three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number, and our text line is three five one five three five seven. So, uh, John, you looked like you had something to say, but it was so many calls ago, you probably forgot. You uh, might have. I may have. Oh, yeah. It, it was along the same lines as uh, of the watering that we've been discussing last week and this week. Oh, right. Uh, yesterday, I had a customer uh, come in with pictures of their. Uh, beautiful uh, blue spruce shrubs, the globe spruces. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, they have a uh, irrigation system that that uh, comes on every day, and they have some annuals planted uh. around the shrubs, and the shrub 
actually the blue spruce is starting to get signs of of rotting in the top turning uh, brown by the water wow uh, this one in particular they have several the one is where it gets more shade than the others yeah. so it's obviously not drying out sure as much so interesting yeah that is so. interesting so what did you recommend? Something to, to be sure to watch, you know, okay. ab- obviously, you know, change the timing on the irrigation. Uh, so hopefully it's drying out before evening was basically, you know, what we want to try to do. Okay. So what would you say is uh, are some of the most asked questions that you encountered this past week at Prairie Gardens? Just like this morning, fungal issues. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. I think. Even with yeah. the lack of rain. Oh, it's been so humid. Well, the humidity is I, the I, issue. I, it's, it's prob- you can probably, this last week, you could be as wet without rain happening. I'm just walking outside in, in a minute, you, you're soaking wet. Hmm. It's the, the humidity has just been incredible. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good point. Promotes fungal yeah. growth. And so uh, is it a concern? Should we be concerned about any fungal growth? Or is well, like... Like the guy with the lawn or on the side of the tree, which isn't really going to be an issue, but it, it, it could be, you know, just take care of it. Yeah, and of course, you know, the powdery mildew on our, on our squash and is a big issue right now, too. Squash and melons. I had a right. number of people ask about um, that um, white stuff all over the peonies that's powdery mildew also which i hadn't seen until just the last five or six years around here i'd never seen it but i had a plant a, a peony plant in my backyard that um we're sitting on the deck one day and my husband said oh what's that white plant <laughs> oh, and i i hadn't even paid attention i never planted any white plants <laughs> no kidding i i just hadn't paid attention to it it was just all of a sudden covered with powdery mildew so so yeah you know the, and, it, and in yeah. that case is it just uh, wiping them off with window cleaner or what do you do i, I think i wouldn't well, use window cleaner on plants. no <laughs> okay, good. but there are certainly fungicides that you can use daconil is one that most people have in their yeah. household but uh, or garden. Um, bear three and one, I like to use that because it, it takes care of other issues that might be um, at, coming on at the same time. Mm-hmm. But one of the most important things is to make sure that you have good air circulation mm-hmm. around your plants. You know, they're not planted so too close. And fall cleanup. If, yeah. if when, when the debris falls, you know, like a peony plant, it dies back to the ground. You, you need to cut it off and, and, and dispose of the, the plant material that's had the, the fungal growth on it um because some of those can persist in on the plants in the soil yeah hmm. yeah and just yesterday i had a gentleman with fire blight on his oh on his, dear you know trees on his uh cherry trees so yeah. fire blight yeah which is a, a happens at at the top of the trees it starts to to actually turn brown and then it oozes so and, and is that a disease or that's a bacterial disease? Yeah. So that's a little more, a lot more difficult to get rid of, actually. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. important to keep scouting all season long. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Okay. And then still a little bit of the pesky Japanese beetles are kind of on their end of the cycle, I believe. I sure hope so. <laughs> still, still those guys are out. Yeah. And bagworms. And bagworms. Yeah. This seems bagworms. late to yeah. me yeah. for them, but yeah, yeah, I had a gentleman yesterday with bagworms still. Yeah. Really. Yeah, it's and, just... And 
which I've never seen, but it was actually on, on a, a, a beech tree. And he showed me pictures of them starting to actually form. So they ah. were a little bit different configuration sure. or, or consistency because of the, the maple or the beech leaves as, as opposed to the, usually you see the pine needles. Sure, exactly. Because like it looks like a little um, thatched roof tent yeah. when it's on a, on a needle tree. Yeah. <laughs> That's <just> interesting. Like, <laughs> holy crap. Yeah. Yeah, so it was different. Huh. But interesting. So those are some of the problems that you've been hearing about. Mid-late summer. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. the same old, same old, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, getting back to lawns real quick. Yeah. We did raise the setting on our lawnmower, but my husband didn't want to go all the way to the top because he didn't want to have to mow more often. (laughs) You can't blame him, you know. Three inches. (laughs) That's what it should be? I mean, for for these days when it's really super hot and humid. Does better longer when it's hot. Mm -hmm. Mow high. And why is that exactly? I was trying to think earlier. I, I, I don't know because then it can collect more energy <laughs> from the sun. Basically, it's that's right. It protects itself more easily. It has more leaf surface to protect itself. Okay. Yeah. With moisture and photosynthesis. When and all you that when stuff. you cut short, uh, and a lot of people cut real short, and you almost see you're almost really exposing almost the roots right. of the plant. And and you really don't want those scorched in the heat of summer. But mostly it's really difficult for people to, to mow that high, except for Steve Brown. Because <laughs> he's all about It just doesn't look as nice. Oh, okay. It's about aesthetics. Three, three, yeah. three inches. I mean, that's that's pretty long grass. Yeah. That. Oh, yeah. That oh, gosh, I haven't mowed grass. for two weeks. Oh, my. <laughs> no. And you feel like you're that guy in yeah. the neighborhood. But really, it's I'm, I'm I'm doing what the experts tell me. I should it's the be healthy doing. thing to do. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. Th- isn't this our society so lawn crazy? I know. It's just like oh my god, it has to be perfect. Yeah, you're right, and you have to keep up with the Joneses next yep. door. Yeah. Yep. Oh, interesting. You know, it's our own little bit of paradise. It's what we want to take care of so (laughs) it works i guess it is what it is really and and i must say overall it's really nice worst things to be obsessed about that's an excellent point you're you're right yeah so i did notice that uh you have um so still a wonderful gorgeous selection of your butterfly bushes out there oh yeah aren't they great oh yeah off right now. So I want one of every color. So are, but so are the hydrangeas, the paniculatus oh. that we have out here on the patio. Yes. Doesn't that look cool? I, I almost mistook them, like the smaller ones, for like a rose bush, the smaller white ones. Uh-huh. I had to get closer, and I was like, oh, wait, no, that's not a rose. And you have blue hibiscus, pretty much, and uh, lavender, and a pinkish color too i want to say okay so so just know that they're all going to be pink <laughs> if huh? you don't if you don't treat them with an acidic um, application okay so like pine needles i don't Mulch? think that's enough to change it oh, okay. but <laughs> <laughs> but but it's a start thought i was being smart well oh, you're talking about hydrangeas <laughs> or hibiscus i think she was talking about hydrangeas okay. i knew what she meant that's what i thought okay yeah. Well, she oh, started no, talking about saying, the pH are you balance. About you are talking about the hibiscus. I'm sorry. They're out here, too, aren't they? Yeah. Just, I they forgot. Are. It can affect the they color, are. right? No. Of, 
Uh, not hibiscus. Not hibiscus. Hydrangeas. Oh. hydrangeas. Just of hydrangeas. Yeah, hydrangeas. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. That was my fault. I was. I was. So how do we avoid getting uh, purchasing a lavender uh, hibiscus and and keep it from going pink? It's not. It's well, always going to be what color it is. Hibiscus. It's the hydrangeas that don't stay the color. Okay. That's amended. <laughs> the amended color. Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> I'm just like. What are you guys and John doesn't know. know what either one of us are talking about. <laughs> like, what? Going no, the, the perennial hibiscus are are the color. Th- there's some just beautiful ones. Oh I was looking at on the way in this morning. Yeah, perennial the, hibiscus are gorgeous oh with the gosh. great big blossoms. Oh, the great big Mostly blossoms. Mostly in with the, the burgundy, the burgundies, kind of reds, pink tones. Yeah, yeah. there's a real yeah. pretty pale pink with a with a really rose eye. Just gorgeous this morning. Wow. And then I think you were talking about the hibiscus syricus or the rose of sharon yes that's being it in some of the lavender and the rose and of sharon yeah. the hibiscus yes. trees okay we have they a hibi- are trees the okay. hibiscus trees i think the one we only have one one tree yeah. and it's white oh that's yes. the white one yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's pretty blue ones over there the blue chiffon, I believe, and blue chiffon, lavender yeah. chiffon. They're a little smaller flower than the hibis- perennial hibiscus, or but they're the same family. Yeah. Are they still a perennial? Yes. They're okay, good. They're more woody, like a shrub. Okay. Three five six nine three nine seven. This is Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens. Gary in Muhammad is phoning in. Good morning, Gary. How can we help? Mm-hmm. Well, good morning. I just, this is probably an easy question for you guys, but I have several cherry tomato (laughs) plants. And, um, you know, those things, they get out of control. I I support them with um, the little, the tomato ladders. And my plants right now are probably six feet high and they're just going crazy hanging off of those ladders. Can, Can you, if you prune the height, on those plants, will it make the plant more productive, or should you not limit the heights and just let them go? I mean, what what's the rule of thumb? Go ahead, John. So, are you <laughs> are you, are you getting uh, blossoms and tomatoes right now, or are y'all just yes. green? No, I'm getting blossoms, <laughs> blossoms and tomatoes. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So. What here's what I like to do with tomatoes when as they grow the supports. Uh, sometimes I'll take off the the some of the outer areas, some of the ones that start to sprout out the sides, uh, and that way you can kind of control the size of it a little bit. Uh, if you do it too late, then you're going to start taking off your potential, you know, fruit or your blossoms. So if you start uh-huh. taking off, you know, the tops, you're going to cut down the, your yields a little bit till it starts to grow back out. Okay. All right. Thank you. Six foot. That's Six good. Foot. Yeah. Did... You can just walk right out and yeah. pop them in your mouth. I'm really impressed. <laughs> no kidding. That's awesome. Six <laughs> foot tomato plant. What are you doing that I am not, sir? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for calling in, Gary. Did that help? Oops, we may have lost them. Okay. So when I'm doing tomatoes, well, I've already pulled mine up because of the squirrels, but um, (laughs) the indeterminates 
just continue to grow. They're vines. Those, yep. those are vines, and they just keep going and going and going. I get to a point where, and maybe Gary would also, you know, if it's six foot tall and you've just got tons of production going on, snip the top of it um, because I don't want it to be falling over and um, the ends of it get heavy with tomato production and it pulls the whole plant over and oh. you're leaning and you can't see me leaning over my the chair other now, side of yeah. the trellis yeah. or whatever you have. So I just go ahead and cut them because I, I just don't want the whole plant to be get broken. Sure. But like sure. you said, John, you're, you're probably going to inhibit some production, but not a lot. When you're six foot tall, you've already got a lot of production yeah. going on. Yeah. So once you once you've reached reached the maturity time, then yeah, you're going to start producing. And gosh, it's July. If he's to, if he's going on by the end of August, tomatoes are usually slowing down anyway. Sure, unless you planted late. Well, oh, that's true. And, and this, this year, year I think we a might lot have of people done that. Did yeah. late, so I think we're mm -hmm. we're going to see it a little bit longer, probably. A little longer production. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. Good point. Good. Going back to uh, when we were talking about how to keep our, or why we should keep our grass longer, uh, someone texted in and they were concerned about um, bug and mosquito control, uh, that, that they felt like they should keep their grass shorter so that they can kind of, you know, keep a control on those insects. Well, I'm pretty sure that insects can get through the grass blades. If they want to be down in your lawn, they're going <laughs> to. Okay, so whether they're three inches or one uh, inch. Yeah, I don't think it's going to matter <laughs> okay. about insect control particularly. I think, I, so. I think and mosquitoes particularly because they want a moist situation. So if you've got water standing somewhere and the, and the grass is kind of growing up over it and keeping it really, really moist, mm. that might be an issue. But I think it would be really a peculiar situation, mm -hmm. don't you? Yeah. Okay. So I, I don't think I'd worry about insects necessarily just because the lawn was a little bit longer. Okay, good. Good to know because, yeah, I'm sorry, but I hate mosquitoes because they love me. Have you had any problems with mosquitoes this year? Uh, just a little bit in our yard, but we live just down from a creek. So How about you, John? Well, I, yeah, I have a little bit of a uh, water. Uh, it's like a little... What? creek yeah. or uh -huh. ravine yeah. that usually has some water in it. So, yeah, we have some mosquitoes. I, I have had virtually no mosquitoes. <sighs> I'm well, jealous. Good, but I've also had virtually no Japanese beetles. Wow. I think there's this thing going on at my house. That's this mojo thing. You know? <laughs> We're not going to that lady's house. <laughs> that might be it. The word got around. Um, I'd like to take a little bit of that and uh, take it over to my house so I can spread that kind of mojo because. So, you know, though, <laughs> it's funny. Maybe, maybe it's true because w when I had um, the pond, I, I would, when I'd find Japanese beetles, I'd throw them into the pond for the fish. and The fish loved them. Mm -hmm. So I had a lady come in the other day and she was wanting um, uh, Japanese beetle traps, which we don't sell anymore, but she wanted the traps so she could feed the uh, beetles to her chickens. Oh, neat. And then I got to talking about feeding the Japanese beetles to the fish, and she said, what a good idea. I'll share the wealth. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's pretty great. cool. There's always a blessing. <laughs> That's a very good point. So any any last-second deals that we should so, know about? So uh, check, check on prairiegardens.com uh, or Facebook. We're having for starting tomorrow 
pretty good coupon. A coupon, 50% off any one perennial, including grasses and butterfly bushes. But you got to get the coupon online. Yep. Okay. Yep. Or or I can even like bring my phone in. I Absolutely. want to print it out. Yep. yep. Excellent. Thank you, you guys. This has been Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens. Our experts have been Mary Ann Metz and John Weisgarber. I'm Tamara McDaniel. Our producer is Blake Landa. A podcast of the show will be made available later today at WDWS.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful weekend.